Welcome to the Truth and Liberty broadcast. We believe we have a mandate to bring godly change to our nation and the world through the seven spheres or mountains of influence. To further this cause, we give away a product every week that will empower you to get involved in changing your life and changing our world. You can register for our weekly giveaway by subscribing at truthandliberty.net. You can also subscribe to our newsletter to receive weekly updates on guests, news, and much more. This is an interactive live cast and we welcome your questions. To ask a question during the live cast, use the comment or chat features. Now get ready to dive into this week's topics with our hosts on location in Colorado, USA. Hello and welcome to Truth and Liberty live cast. My name is Mark Coward. And um, we are so excited tonight to have Kelly Shackelford with us. Kelly is the president, CEO, and uh, chief counsel of First Liberty. And I want you to know he is out at the very forefront fighting for religious liberty. So tonight you are going to be blessed. Also, of course, we've got Richard Harris. Uh, We're together tonight, and this is something a little bit different. None of us are in the studio. And so um, I'm excited because uh, tonight, It's going to be a blessing for everyone. Richard, you've got some announcements and some things to update us with. Can you you bring us up to date on what we need to know? Sure, absolutely. Well, thanks, Mark. And I'm so excited to have Kelly Shackelford with us. What an honor. And and it's going to be a blessing. I tell you, folks, if you're watching tonight, um, you know, you need to tell your friends and family to tune in here. Uh, because you're going to hear some stuff that's really, really important tonight that all Americans need to know. So uh, really excited about this. But thanks for tuning in, everybody. You know, Truth and Liberty, uh, what we're trying to do is to provide resources. One of the things we do is provide resources to Christians and believers so that we can become involved and engaged in the public square. And our website is set up specifically for that purpose. So if you're if you're not familiar with our website, I really encourage you to go there and check out the resources page. We have hundreds of resources on there uh, designed for you, for everything from the LGBT to critical race theory to American history to elections and everything else. Uh, you may not know this, but we have a 24-7 news feed on our site where we draw from our uh, some of our favorite conservative, uh, reliable, not fake news, uh, Christian news site, uh, sources. And it's literally a one-stop shop. You don't need to go anywhere else. But um, so, so uh, tune into our website. But also, if you're watching tonight on YouTube directly, I really want to encourage you to jump over and watch on our website at truthandliberty.net or on gospeltruth.tv. Same goes for Facebook, but especially YouTube. YouTube has censored us twice now in the last month. Anytime we touch on controversial subjects that they don't like, they pull our video down. We now have two strikes against us, but I'm telling you, we're not afraid of YouTube. We've got other options, but I really encourage you to watch on our website directly or on truth.tv. And uh, if you're not a subscriber here at Truth and Liberty, we really want to encourage you to subscribe. Uh, every week we're sending out two and three and sometimes more. I know, I know sometimes that can clog our inboxes, but this is important information. You know, we're living in a critical time right now. And all of us as believers need to be equipped, need to be informed, and we will keep you informed and provide you with blog posts, uh, action alerts, and things like that. 
So really encourage you to go on our website, upper right-hand corner, and click subscribe today. If you do, you'll be eligible to receive our free product giveaway. Uh, each week, we give away one of Andrew's books. Last week, we gave away Lessons from David. Uh, and I want to congratulate uh, Yvonne Holtrup. Yvonne, you are the winner of that. You should be getting an email from us about how you can claim that free gift. This week, we're giving away Andrew's book uh, called Financial Stewardship. I don't have a copy with me here because I'm not in the studio. But I want to tell you, this is a fantastic uh, series that Andrew has done. It provides a, a balanced, uh, faith-filled, but balanced uh, perspective on finances from the Bible. And uh, so subscribe today and be eligible for that. Also, if you, uh, we'd like to take your questions and comments tonight uh, for Kelly and Pastor Mark. And uh, so post your questions and comments in the chat section on our website, or if you're on Facebook, in the comment section there. Uh, you know, here at Truth and Liberty, we are transforming the culture along with many other amazing ministries. But if you believe in what we're doing here at Truth and Liberty, we want to invite you to become a member today of the coalition. And you can do that on our website. Again, just go to the donate page. Sign up to make a recurring monthly contribution, automatic uh, donation of $5 or more per month, and we uh, and you'll become a Truth and Liberty member, and we'll send you a free gift in the mail, a copy of Alex McFarland's book. Um, uh, I, I don't have a copy with me. I'm forgetting the title. This isn't good, but it's about Assault the destruction of America. What's it called, Mark? Assault on America. Assault. I wanted to say destruction, but you're right. The assault on American, I think the subtitle is what you can do to stop it. So uh, become a member today and, and we'll send that to you in the mail. And then also, if you need prayer tonight, I want to encourage you to call into um, uh, Andrew's phone center. It, the number is 635-1111. And there are, uh, there are dozens of uh, spirit-filled, Word of God trained prayer ministers standing by to agree with you in prayer. And I tell you, every every day there are miracles coming out of that phone center. I mean, cancer healed and uh, miraculous provision of finances, people being saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, all kinds of awesome things. So call in tonight. And then um, I wanted to mention some amazing events that are coming up here at Andrew Womack Ministries. Uh, the first one, now the minister's conference is going on at Harris Bible College. That's why Andrew's not on with us. He's leading that conference. Uh, but coming up really soon, October 28th through the 30th, is the annual Women Arise Conference. And um, if, I, if I was a woman, I'd be a woman. Uh, I am so excited because Mac and uh, Carrie Pickett are going to be the, the primary speakers at this event. And ladies, if you've never heard Carrie Pickett or Audrey Mack, you are missing out. You need to make it out for this conference. Just go on awmi.net and register today. It's a free event, and you will be blessed. I promise you that. Audrey Mack is one of the best uh, preachers, uh, man or woman, that I have ever heard. She's fantastic, and she has a great revelation on healing and the power of God. Also, uh, coming up is the Heart of Christmas uh, show, one of the great uh, kind of dramatic pageants that we do at Karis Bible College. Uh, this is written by Robert and Elizabeth Muren. And it is a powerful story of redemption and the gospel and the birth of Jesus all into one. Uh, you won't want to miss it. It's December 10th through the 12th. You can go on the website, register today. Uh, and then also uh, our annual new tradition at Karis is the live nativity. One of the ways we adapted to COVID was to, to do a live nativity. And this is uh, behind glass, a glass wall, and people can drive by and see it. And But outside in the cold and everything, there's camels, there's... 
I, last year, there was a guy on a horse dressed up as a Roman centurion. It's a real treat. And the whole campus at Karis is going to be lit up with even more Christmas lights than ever before. So you want to be sure to check that out December 16th through the 19th at Karis Bible College in Woodland Park, Colorado. All right. Well, I'm really excited, as I said earlier, about our live cast tonight with Kelly Shackelford. And I'll pitch it back to you, Pastor Mark, uh, to uh, introduce Kelly to our viewers tonight. Awesome. Thank you so much, Richard. Well, we are so blessed. Kelly Shackelford is the president and CEO of, Lib of the Liberty First Institute. That is the largest legal firm in the nation dedicated exclusively to protecting our religious freedom. And um, I tell you what, it, they're busy now. They're <laughs> and we're so thankful. And Kelly, we want to welcome you to Truth and Liberty tonight. Thank you so much for taking the time to be a part of this with us. Happy to do it. Happy to be on. Um, Kelly, could you just tell us a little bit about um, First Liberty Institute um, and the vision and basically what you do and give us an idea of how that looks? Yeah, uh, First Liberty is the largest legal organization in the country that all we do is religious freedom. So. Let's say you're a, a five-year-old girl uh, named Gabriela Perez who's caught praying over your meal in the lunch cafeteria. Or let's say you're a chaplain in the army for 17 years and you're told that because you agreed on your own Facebook page with the president of the United States, President Trump, about no transgenders in the military, the new administration decides they want to get rid of you. Well, if you're Gabriella or if you're past, Pastor Calvert, you probably don't have hundreds of thousands of dollars to go and hire a legal team. So we come in, we bring the best litigators in the country. They donate their time for free so that when we represent Gabriella and Chaplain Calvert and win, which we did in both cases, we don't just win for them, but we set a precedent that protects all of our children and our grandchildren. So that's why First Liberty exists. Uh, we want to make sure our first freedom, religious freedom, is protected in this country. That is so awesome. And, you know, I've said this before, uh, Kelly. I don't think I could have ever conceived of the day. So I'm a pastor of a church here in Colorado Springs that there would need to be organizations like yourself to defend us as Christians against our own government. And, uh, you know, here we have both, uh, we have two attorneys on tonight, Kelly, you and Richard both. And uh, of course, Richard is also a pastor. And Richard, I just wanna, I know you've had several things when you follow along with these, these issues that are going on in some of the cases. Uh, what are some of the things that you would like to ask Kelly to address and maybe update us on some of the, the things that he's involved with right now. Well, absolutely. Uh, thank you, uh, Mark. Well, Kelly, for one thing I want people to know uh, about what you guys do that's so incredible is um, that you're a nonprofit uh, organization. And if I'm understanding the way you operate directly is that your clients who come to you in need uh, uh, they, they don't generally speaking have to pay attorney's fees. And uh, I don't know how you guys do it, but that's an awesome thing. So people that are needing representation to defend their First Amendment rights, uh, do they need to worry about how they're going to pay the lawyer's bill? 
No, we, uh, we, we represent everybody free of charge. Uh, all we do is religious freedoms cases, and people say, well, how can you do that? Um, sort of two big reasons we can do what we do. One is we have, uh, I think last year we had 30,000 families across the country that donated to make sure we could help people. Uh, altogether, that was about $19 million. Uh, we seem to grow uh, maybe a 10 or 15% every year. So as the need grows, we're growing and more staff and more uh, ability to help more people. And more people are getting involved in the Army with what we're doing uh, to fight and protect our freedoms. The other thing, though, that's really unique is if you were to look at all the legal groups that are out there, and I don't care if they're left wing or right wing or what their issue is, they have the same model, which is raise money, use the money to hire attorneys, put the attorneys in an office in D.C. or New York and L.A., and then fly them around the country and cover as many cases as you can. That's not our model. Our model is there's all these attorneys who went to law school because they're believers and they wanted to stand for what was right. And 30 years later, these are now the best litigators at the best law firms in our nation. And they've done honorable work for their clients, but they've never gotten to do a case for the kingdom. So we go and we sit down with those best of the best. We know who they are. We say, look, we've got a team here of experts on religious freedom. If we give you everything you need, are you willing to give your time on one of these cases? And they're like, man, I've been waiting 35 years. Sign me up. And we know what's going to happen when we give them that first case. For the first time in their life, all their talent, all their gifts, all their training, everything they've ever learned is finally lined up with the kingdom. They've never felt that before. And so it's kind of unfair, but we now know we have them for the rest of their lives as one of our volunteer attorneys. And they give cover to the younger attorneys who they get to taste of what it's like. So if you were to go through the top 100 law firms in the United States, uh, you'd find that most of those firms don't just don't need their time with us. They'll actually fight each other over who gets to do that. And so that is a huge resource in addition to the experts we have on our staff, all top of their class from the Harvards and the places around the country. And all they do is religious freedom. We also have these local attorneys. So wherever we file, the body of Christ is everywhere. So if we file in Montana, we have the best litigators in Montana. No matter where we file, we have this incredible team of the top litigators in the country teamed with the top experts on religious freedom in the country. And the result of that is uh, just a massive win rate. I mean, we've had uh, probably 22 years in a row now, we've won over 90% of our cases, which is unheard of. And it's because wow. of God's favor, but it's also his method. It's his body that's doing this. Wow, that's amazing. You know, Kelly, I, I want to point out to our listeners tonight uh, to visit your website, firstliberty.org. Uh, I spent some time on that this week. I was blown away. And one of the things that I hope that people realize, you know, so I'm a pastor and a lot of you hear a lot about pastors getting, quote, too political. And so they think maybe an organization like yours is deals only in that. But I went online and saw this stewardess from Alaska Airlines. And am I correct in saying that basically she got fired because of her faith? Is that a fair assessment? Absolutely. Uh, I think we're seeing a lot of attacks from woke corporations on believers. And it's been very disturbing, I think, for a lot of Americans to watch these woke corporations kind of begin to act out of control. Um, a lot of times there hasn't been sort of anything you could do about it. 
because of the scenarios, this is one you can. What, what Alaska Airlines did is they, they invited their employees. They said, look, we love the Equality Act um, and we're gonna get behind it. We want you to get behind it. If you don't know what the Equality Act is, it's a horrible act that strips away the religious freedoms of every American if it were to pass. Uh, and in every case, LGBT wins, whether it's housing, employment, school, you name it. In every federal law and every federal, and religious freedom is specifically not allowed as a defense. So they strip away the religious freedom protection of every American. So it's a horrible idea. Well, in this Alaska Airlines, uh, uh, you know, post that they put to their own employees, they said, we'd like your feedback or any questions you have. So a number of their flight attendants sent in questions and feedback. One of them said, you know, as a Christian, this is, I think, really troubling. This could be bad legislation. And, and the one you saw, Mark, in the video, all she did was ask a question. She said, do you really think we can let you can legislate morality like this? Well, they fired both of these flight attendants because they asked a question. So they said, essentially, we're behind this. If you have any questions or comments, let us know. But if you have a Christian question or comment, you get fired. Well, that is a violation of federal law. And we are going into court and we're going to make sure that Alaska Airlines and all of these woke corporations realize that this will cost you when you do this to people. Well, that's fantastic. Wow. Well, Kelly, I, Mark, if it's okay, I, I want to give him a chance to talk about something that I think is super important that his uh, firm is doing. And uh, I think the name of it is Stop the Coup. And Supreme uh, that, Coup. Stop. Uh, oh, it's the Supreme Coup? Well, just, and just I, Supreme Coup. And for those who aren't a French uh, <laughs> experts in COUP, but it's supremecoup.com. Supremecoup.com. Well, it, just so uh, give everybody a little bit of background information. A lot of people have heard maybe little bits and pieces about pack the court packing, uh, but but a lot of people don't really understand uh, what that is and how grave of a threat that is to our republic, to to really everything that we believe in. And Kelly, would you just take a minute and share with people what the crisis is and, and then what is this uh, Supreme Coup uh, program or, or opportunity that you've created? Yeah, a lot of people, Richard, uh, they've heard a little bit about court packing. They don't understand what's going on. Court packing is when a political party in power decides that it will add justices to the Supreme Court and judges to the lower courts to just get to the political results they want to get to. And most Americans understand immediately that this is a really bad idea, but they really don't understand how bad an idea. They tend to think, well, you know, it's really bad to kind of make our court go from the left to the right and jumping all over the place with politics. What they don't understand is if you look at other countries, um, like a lot of people wonder what happened in Venezuela. Court packing is what happened in Venezuela. Same thing in Argentina. You can look at a lot of the countries that, that go from a free country into tyranny, and it happens through court packing. Because once you take the court, so let's say you added four justices to the current Supreme Court, uh, you're not just making the court go from right, more conservative to more liberal. Um, you're ending the court because the court is now simply uh, underneath the political branch. 
It's no longer an independent judiciary. You no longer have rights, constitutional rights. You might think you do, but you wouldn't. You would only have the rights that the majority party wishes you to have because they can just add justices till they get to the results that they want to get to and taking those rights away. And so this is incredibly dangerous. It was tried once before in 1937 by FDR, very popular president. His own party had uh, 80 seats out of 100 in the Senate. Yet when people were educated and realized how bad this would be, they, they turned against him. His own party turned against him and it was stopped. But the Democrats have said this is something they want. Uh, the president of the United States has issued an executive order creating a commission to reform the United States Supreme Court. Uh, they have been meeting. They're going to issue their recommendation in just a month. And they've already filed a bill to add four justices to the United States Supreme Court. They have filed a bill to add 203 judges to the lower courts. So this is on. And this is something, I don't say this kind of thing very often. This is one of the few things I don't think we could recover from. I think our country would be over because the rule of law would be wow. over. And, and so it's yeah, something I mean, that imagine. people have to do something about. So we created the website Supreme Coup so they could get the information, but also so they could be involved in stopping this. And there's a, a petition, for instance, that's going to this commission we already have over 400,000 Americans have signed on to, including people like Ed Meese, former Attorney General of the United States, Dr. Dobson, Franklin Graham. But I encourage all those, you know, uh, watching uh, here, go to Supreme Coup and sign up on that. And there's little things there where, where you can even uh, send this to your friends and they can sign up. We need to create a movement to really put pressure, just like happened in 1936 and 37, so that this doesn't happen because the polling that we've done on this shows two thirds of the country is against it, but 63% of Democrats are in favor of it. And they have the house, the Senate and the presidency. And if they do this, as I said, I really don't see a way to recover. So we're going to do, we're doing everything in our power to make sure that doesn't happen, but it's something everybody can participate in. And so I would encourage them to do that. Well, you know, we've seen the policies of this administration after less than a year of being in office. And uh, I don't know, I, uh, you know, if we can imagine four Supreme Court justices like-minded with uh, Joe Biden and the socialist wing of the Democratic Party and 150 new federal court judges of like mind, uh, what do you think is going to happen to the rule of law and to our Constitution if that happens? Well, number one, it's, it's people tend to think, gosh, why are they adding four? Well, hmm, there's six conservatives and three liberals. And when you add four liberals to three liberals, it's seven to six. So it doesn't take a lot of math experts to, uh, you know, to figure out what they're doing. And again, people's first reaction is, oh, gosh, this won't be good. The court will no longer be conservative. It will be liberal. And what I'm saying is, no, 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 it's much worse than that. The court is over when you do this. The court is a joke. The court is an adjunct to the political person in power. This is how Chavez came into power, okay? And Maduro <laughs> in Venezuela, mm -hmm. they added justices, 10, 12, however many you need. 
to take power and then they're the power. The courts just do it. Guess what? There have been 60,000 opinions in Venezuela at the Supreme Court since they court packed. Guess how many have been against the government in 60,000 opinions? Zero. Zero. <laughs> so what happens is when you pack the court, you are ending the court and the rule of law, which is one of the most special things about the United States of America. Yeah, I believe that uh, the justices spoke up yesterday or today somewhere referring to intimidation tactics. Do you think this is also an intimidation tactic by the Biden administration to maybe bring the court to heel so that they rule more uh, in ways that are uh, you know, pleasing to the liberals? I do. I think uh, that's what happened with FDR. FDR tried to get court packing. He did not succeed, but he actually did succeed in scaring the court. And the result was the court sort of was lost for about 10 years, and they did whatever the president wanted. Uh, it was a really sad part of the United States history. The same is being attempted now. So let's say, you know, the more we point out that court packing is totally illegitimate, it's un-American, it's, it's a call for tyranny, and it's seen as something that no American would ever be for, which I think Democrats and conservatives should all agree upon. Once they understand, they do. Um, that will not only stop court packing, but it will affect these decisions that are coming down. I mean, we're about to have a big decision on, we have a case at the Supreme Court that will be argued December 8th on religious liberty. Um, there's obviously a big case on the Second Amendment. There's a big case, big pro-life case, the, the Dobbs case. These are all cases that are huge cases, but if the court is intimidated and they issue sort of weak opinions, even in the right direction, I think we all suffer. And so it's important that we all speak with one voice to say, we will never court pack in the United States. This is not what we do in this country. And again, uh, going to Supreme Coup is, is the play. It's kind of the campaign headquarters for those who want to make sure and keep our courts and uh, stop what's being attempted. I do think, Richard and Mark, if we can stop this for just another four months, I think it'll be over. But there's a real push right now. They're coming out with this recommendation in November. The commission has been meeting. Uh, they're using things like the Texas abortion uh, decision and others to try to say it's an emergency. There have been numerous articles written, numerous statements. I think if we can get through to next year, the elections will be coming up, the midterm elections, and this is not popular. So I don't think it will happen in that vein, but we have got a short-term, very serious danger that we can all participate in by, by sharing this information with our friends, speaking up, signing on to the statement that's going to the commission and praying, because this, is, this, this could be the end of the country for our kids and grandkids, and we can't let that happen. Wow. Well, so again, that's uh, uh, supremecoup.com. Is that the name of the site? All right. So everybody needs to go there and support that. And you mentioned several cases right there. Uh, I don't know if we have time to get into all of them because I want to make sure we reserve some time for vaccine mandates. But what what's this Dobbs case that I keep hearing about everywhere? Can you help everybody understand what's going on with that case? Well, it's uh, the Dobbs case uh, is, is really... Uh, a case that challenges um, Roe v. Wade, because Roe v. Wade was, was uh, built on the trimester system. 
And in Mississippi, uh, they are moving towards protecting children uh, outside of that, uh, you know, trimester series. So you would literally throw off the trimester approach or Roe v. Wade uh, to get to a conclusion. So most people see this as the very real possibility to be the end of Roe v. Wade. And so that is what is uh, really ginned up uh, the left in trying to do something so extreme like court packing. And so that'll be a really, really important case. Uh, I don't think many people think that they're going to strike down the Mississippi law that protects life. Um, but the question is how strongly the court will issue its opinion. And we're going to have to wait and see. Same with the Second Amendment. I, again, I think the court understands and is it, they're constitutionalists and they, they'll see the Second Amendment. The question is, how strong is the opinion? Um, and then the case, uh, the case I mentioned that we're arguing, um, uh, along with the Institute for Justice, on December 8th is what really it's a school choice case. And the issue, if we win, which we think we will, um, it will mean that anywhere in the country where school choice is put in place, Christian schools must be included. They cannot be discriminated against. This will be a really important victory, I think, for all the Christian schools across the country and uh, really will create a great opportunity for school choice, uh, which is very popular across the board. Uh, it's just something that uh, politics has kind of gotten in the way of in a lot of states. But uh, so these are really three pretty big cases that'll be argued all within a short period of time of one another in the next couple of months. You know, by the time we get to December 8th, all three of these will, will have been argued and we'll be waiting for uh, next summer and the decisions. Wow, you know, school choice, I think um, that, that kind of might bounce off people's heads, but if you're, if you're thinking in terms of cultural transformation, um, the, the schools is ground zero, isn't it? I mean, we're facing school board elections all over the country right now. We're working on some voter guides here for Colorado on school board races. But if, if, if parents don't have the power to take their kids out of the secular humanist indoctrination laboratories, is what I call them, <laughs> and put them in, in schools where they're going to be uh, you know, uh, taught a Christian worldview, um, then, then our, we're always going to be fighting with one arm tied behind our back. So this case that you're talking about, uh, can you tell us a little bit more about what is it? What's the law there? That uh, they or what happened? Did they discriminate against Christian schools, saying we're not going to let let you benefit from vouchers or whatever the program is? Yeah, there's a. It's the state of Maine, and in the state of Maine, they allow any parent to pick public or private education for their children, and they will reimburse you up to the state tuition, as long as you don't pick a religious school that's serious about its faith. If you do that, then you don't get the reimbursement. And that's clearly discriminatory. Uh, but we went up to the Federal Court of Appeals, the uh, First Circuit, and they said, oh, we don't see any problem with this. Well, the Supreme Court took it. And I don't think they took it to say, yeah, that's right. I think they took it to say what they've been saying for the past 10 years, and each of these cases kind of progressing in this direction, uh, that this is discrimination. And you, the government can't be discriminatory against, uh, you know, Christian organizations or one religion over another or religion in general, and that's what they're doing here. So I, I feel really confident that the odds are with us to end with a great precedent here 
that's going to protect all uh, religious education, Christian schools across the country. Well, what's the name of that case? It's called Carson uh, is the name is the first name on the case uh, versus Macon, M-A-K-I-N. So C-A-R-S-O-N versus Macon. That'll be December 1st is the oral argument in the Dobbs case, the big uh, pro-life case, abortion case. And December 8th, exactly one week later, is when we have our argument uh, in the Carson case. Oh, that's great. Well, we'll all be in prayer for all of those cases, um, and uh, that, that could be just huge. Um, but be, uh, we're, we're getting down to almost question and answer time. But before we do, I'd like to ask you if you could uh, talk a little bit about the vaccine mandate uh, crisis, is what I, how I view it. It's a crisis for freedom in our country. Uh, I believe there are, from what I'm reading, there are thousands and thousands of Americans in all walks of life that are losing their jobs and, and being punished for their decision not to uh, take the vaccine. And, and President Biden announced um, maybe three weeks ago that there was going to be a rule promulgated for the, by the federal government requiring employers uh, to force their employees to get vaccines. And, and these are uh, experimental vaccines, um, uh, you know, with uh, significant risk of side effects, as we've seen from the VAERS website, the CDC website that tracks adverse reactions. What can you tell us about what's going on out here? Is this really going to happen in the United States of America? And what can people do about it? Well, let me let me deal with the Biden threat first. Um, I think it's it, what he's proposing would be massively unconstitutional, and I don't think it would last a day in court. Um, I think there would be thousands of lawsuits filed all over the country. We have those lawsuits ready to go um, if they ever do this, what he's talking about. Uh, why? Because the states control health and safety, not the federal government. And even if the federal mm -hmm. government had some control over this, it's not it's not the executive branch that controls it. It would have to go through the legislative branch at the very least. Um, so it's just got lots of problems. I mean, for instance, OSHA, OSHA applies to churches. So they're now going to take over the churches. And by the way, the reason they're saying that they can do this OSHA emergency is because there's an emergency with regard to the vaccine mandates. Well, if there's an emergency, then why is it only for companies that have over 100 employees? I mean, there's just so many problems with this that an attorney would just eat massive holes through. In my opinion, this is massively unconstitutional if they ever do try to put this into place, which they haven't. Right now, it's a speech. Um, I think it will be struck down across the country. Um, with the current stuff that's going on now, um, with employers and pressure and all this, the first thing I would tell people is, if they want information, or even if their family member or friend is being threatened or is scared or whatever, go to firstliberty.org, just spell out firstliberty.org. And at the top of the page, you will see our Religious Liberty Protection Kit for Vaccine Mandates. It lays out whatever you, whether you're in the military, whether your employer is the government, whether you have a private employer, it, it, whether you're a student, it lays out the law and what your rights are. And the short of it is that in this country, in pretty much every situation, 
you have a right to a religious exemption if you have a religious objection. And that is federal law. Uh, it's also mostly in most states as well, but it's certainly federal law. It's It applies to those in the military. There's a right to religious accommodation. Now, what's happening in a lot of these places, and by the way, our, our uh, kit not only has the law, but it, it provides sample exemption letters. Um, now, what I'm hearing from a lot of people, most people are getting the exemptions when they ask for them. Most people, because we we're thousands and thousands of people reaching out to us. But those who aren't, what, what you see happening most often is attempts to intimidate them to not ask for it or to ask for it and to be intimidated into not appealing or not suing or not taking the next step. And the point is, you need to know what your rights are and you need to re realize that you have a right to stand on those rights. And so that's why we provided that kit online for people to look at, think through, uh, and, and make the decisions about you know, what they're going to do, but to not be intimidated out of their freedoms if they do actually have a religious objection to the vaccine. Kelly, could I just ask, um, and I know we've got questions. I know, Richard, you've probably got questions pouring in right now. There, as a pastor, there's, there's a ditch on both sides of the road that I really want to see believers stay out of. One is, man, when you were talking about packing the Supreme Court, that's very sobering to me um, if that were to get pulled off. So um, there's two things I think in the body of Christ, we've been at ease in Zion in this nation until the last several years. And all of a sudden, there's, we are in a great awakening right now. People are saying, wait a minute, this is serious. Our liberty, our country is, is being threatened like never before. So can you give us some, some good news? I mean, you have done that, but can you give us some good reports from the front line? And then what can we as an ordinary average citizen do? Because uh, one concern that I get is that some people say, what's the use? It looks like it's over and they don't even want to do anything. What could you say to our audience for them to do as an average ordinary citizen? Yeah, well, first I would say, Mark, that uh, it's I've been doing this kind of work for 32 years fighting for religious freedom. And there, there were two major cases, one under each religion clause that had caused great damage to our freedoms over the last 50 years. If you'd have asked me five years ago, can you get rid of those in your lifetime? I would have said no, but I can chip away at them. I'm watching them be imploded, um, in part because of the great judges we have put on the courts in the last four years who actually are originalists and they look back to the original meaning of the text. Both, if I had time, I could tease it out, but I know we, we won't have time for questions, but both religion clauses, we are in the process of freeing. And in my opinion, if something horrible like court packing does not occur, every American is about to have more religious freedom than they've ever had in their lifetime. We're about to pass down more religious freedom to our kids and grandkids uh, than anybody's had before who's alive right now. Uh, this is tremendous news uh, and a great yes, possibility for the future. But, you know, and we're a religious freedom guy, so why are we leading this effort on court packing? Because what good is, is religious freedom if there's no more courts? And so we finally won this great trend where God is moving on 
opening religious freedom. So what does the enemy want to do? They just want to destroy the courts. Uh, so we've got to stop that because if we do, something great is happening. And, and I believe we are just at the beginning of that. So there is great news ahead if we'll be faithful at our post right now. That is awesome to hear. And what people and can do, by the way, is they can go to Supreme Coup. I mean, you know, people usually can't do anything about cases, but this is one of those things that's above cases. This is about them trying to change the court. That happens, you know, through the legislative process, through through people and what they say. It, you know, again, back in 1936 and 37, people thought you would have thought this passes. You, if your party has the presidency and 80 out of 100 senators, you would think mm. you have the ability to do it. But when the people understood what this meant, they rose up. This was 1936, 37. The senators were averaging a thousand letters in their office a day. Um, well, here's something you can do. Go to SupremeCoup.com. There is a, 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 a number one, a place where you can sign, but there's also a place where you can just grab things to educate your friends, real things that are already done for you to just begin to educate others and to begin to get a movement going like happened in 36 and 37 so that we can make sure over these next few months that we stop this from happening. Awesome. Well, I'm, I know Richard, Richard, if we got some questions coming in that we can ask Kelly. Yeah, we sure do. We sure do. Thank you, Mark. Uh, and thank you for those great answers. Kelly is so informative. Um, <clears throat> we've got a number of uh, questions on here about vaccines and the vaccine mandates. Um, and uh, so let me let me take a couple of those if I could. Um, one of them is asking about the story coming out of California where uh, the governor there has declared that schools, uh, that children cannot attend public school if they're not vaccinated. What rights do the parents have out there, Kelly? Uh, do, do parents have a constitutional right to control the health uh, decisions of their children and that sort of thing? What, what's your assessment of that situation? Yeah, the parents do. The parents have fundamental rights. There's Supreme Court cases on this. The parents have the fundamental right to direct the upbringing and the education uh, and the health of their, of their uh, children, not the government. So they, they're very strong rights. I think that not only uh, what you mentioned there, Richard, but there are now um, attempts in a number of states, I think in California included, to tell Christian schools that they also must vaccinate their employees, their, their students. Um, and so these are gonna be serious attacks, much more than what we saw earlier. It's one thing for the government to say, we have this interest in health and safety. It's another thing for them to run into fundamental constitutional rights like, you know, a church that has a school, uh, parents who are putting their kids in that school because they're exercising their fundamental rights to direct the upbringing and education of their children. Now you're running into our most sacrosanct rights. And I, I think some of these things are going to have some serious uh, challenges. And uh, um, so, I, I mean, there's so many of them uh, around the country. You're not sure what's going to reach the Supreme Court first. Uh, and the Supreme Court typically likes to allow things to kind of percolate below to get different 
approaches so that they can see the different thinking before they solve it for the country. But uh, these are really serious attacks because they they go much further than we've seen before. Because now you're dealing with your authority over your children. You're dealing with the authority of the church. You're dealing with very, very serious constitutional rights. Well, thank you for that. We've got another question coming in, and, and this one is kind of interesting. It's uh, Robin on chat asks, if my company is requiring a vaccine mandate and they're supplying a religious exemption form, should I use their form or should I use one that I find on a Christian-friendly site? Uh, do you recommend um, I sign the forms if I can? What's the practice? Yeah, you can use you can use their form. Uh, it's not it's, the forms are irrelevant. It's a matter of you know what you say, and uh, again, people tend to get mixed up and they get into sort of medical objections. Whatever. Now, if you have a medical reason, almost all the laws allow for a medical exemption or for a religious exemption. Um, so what you don't want to do if you're in the middle of a, a religious exemption is to start arguing about the medical issues and start citing studies or something. That's it. What the way the law works is it doesn't have to be your beliefs don't have to be something that they agree with. Uh, they don't have to be something that, you know, your denomination agrees with, you know, what if you're Catholic, the Pope says it's okay to take the vaccine. That's irrelevant. Because the way it works in this country is, is the question is whether it's a sincerely held belief of yours. And if you do have a sincerely held religious belief that creates an objection, then you have a right under the law uh, for that to be respected. The burden then shifts to the other side uh, as to why they can't accommodate that. And to be honest, most of the time they can. And uh, that's why most people uh, have gotten the exemption. Um, and so, but there are some places where they try to intimidate people, they try to threaten people, where they try to ask them about the reasonableness of their religious beliefs. That's totally inappropriate, okay? But you can't ask those kinds of questions. Now you're engaging in just overt religious discrimination. Um, you know, what other religious beliefs of mine do you think are rational? Uh, maybe the resurrection's not rational. I mean, you know, where does that end? I mean, the courts won't go there. They won't allow that. And it actually provides proof against them if they go in those kinds of places. So people just need to be able to express. And again, we have examples in our religious liberty protection kit. Some people have objection because of the, of the use of fetal uh, material in either testing or in uh, developing uh, some of these vaccines. Some people, it's more of a, their body is a temple and there's certain beliefs that mix into that, that connect to the vaccine. Whatever it is, is if it's a sincerely held religious belief under our law, it's entitled to be protected. Do, do you, you know, if I a... could add in too. Yeah. Um, yeah, Richard, if it's okay. One thing I've heard no, you please. say a lot tonight, um, Kelly, is the word intimidation. And I think that the answer to that is Christians to stand up and push back and not be afraid. Uh, we've got some things going on in Colorado Springs where the parents have told the school districts, we've had enough. Hundreds and hundreds have been out protesting in a very civil way, but they are speaking up. And I think a lot of times in the back of our minds, we think, can my signature do any good? 
can my speaking up do any good? But if we all take that, then their intimidation has an effect. But I appreciate you saying that, that we need to stand up and be bold because that's what's gotten the opposition where they're at. They've been speaking out really loud, and I appreciate you bringing that out. Uh, sorry to interrupt there, Richard. Have, have you got no. some more questions that have come in? No, that's great. Uh, I totally agree with that. Um, well, we've got a person here who's asking about the uh, uh, Supreme Coup petition, and, and they want to know, well, if, if the Democrats already control the House and the Senate, how is the petition going to help them? Well, because they controlled the House and the Senate in 1936 and 37 also. Um, and, and yet, when the people started to speak up, uh, it turned not only uh, those people, it turned them. I mean, their own party opposed their own president. And I've already seen some of that beginning to happen here. The more uh, that people began to speak up, I've started to see some articles that have been written by uh, left-leaning journalists saying this is a bad idea. Uh, you might have seen that even Biden came out recently. I'm mean, not Biden, uh, Breyer, Justice Breyer spoke yes. against it. Uh, of course, Justice Ginsburg supposed to, spoke against it. There's a lot of opportunity if we can get momentum rolling where it really does make a difference. We're teetering on the edge here with a couple of votes. Um, and uh, right when the commission's about to issue uh, their recommendations here uh, at the beginning of November. So now is a key time to begin moving uh, and to begin really converting even the Democrats. When you read that statement, that we're sending to the commission, uh, Democrats, Republicans should all sign on. And we're that's the plan is to get more and more people realizing this is a bad idea. Uh, it's not what you think it is. It's not just adding some justices and moving things one direction. It, it's destroying the independence of our judiciary, something that's incredibly valuable to you, no matter which side of the aisle you're on. Absolutely. Well, so speaking of uh, the Supreme Court and court packing, one of our viewers here is wondering if the Supreme Court's refusal to entertain any election integrity cases uh, is possibly a result of intimidation stemming from the court packing uh, proposal. Do you have any thoughts you on know, that? Yeah, nobody knows for sure, but that is a theory uh, of some people. Uh, you know, that's a theory of of why certain justices are, are you know, not. Uh, wanting to take certain cases because they don't want to add fuel to the fire right now. I, I certainly hope that's not the case because then the courts uh, are being politicized. Um, but uh, but that's what happened in the past, and that could be happening now. Um, it, it's something, you know, our goal is really not just to stop court packing, but we'd like to kill it in public in front of the entire nation. Because if yeah. we do, it'll stop that type of uh, political influence on the court, and the court can do what's right and follow the law. And uh, until we until we do that, though, I mean, it's going to be a danger. And uh, it you know, it, nobody but the justices know why they're doing what they're doing in certain cases. And and um, but there definitely is a theory uh, that that is why some of the more controversial cases on election on the elections were not taken. Uh, I will say, and when it comes to elections, judges are reticent, especially conservative judges, to take election cases because they don't want judges taking over elections. 
that rather the people decide the elections. Of course, when there's allegations of fraud and those type of things, that that's, you know, what do you do, right? But they they are very hesitant because if the courts began overruling elections, it could be just as bad the other directions. And so they are very, very careful and very, very slow to involve himself in those cases in general. You know, uh, the political pressure, some people think that uh, in the Dobbs case that's coming up, that the justices will, even those who are pro-life, may be too fearful of the civil turmoil that might result if they overrule Roe versus Wade. Um, I'm, I, I, do you share that concern too? And is there anything we can do about it, you know, as, a, as people, you know, members of the of the civil body politic or whatever, can, can people bring pressure to bear on the court politically or how can we give them the courage they need to do the right thing? You know, we need to speak up. Uh, people need to speak up about this. Um, that should never be why justices issue their opinions. If they do, uh, you know, that's sad because that's not their job to be politicians, to figure out, um, you know, how the how they think the people will respond to their decision. That's irrelevant to what the law says, what the law means. Uh, and again, originalists, which there are six members of the courts who call themselves originalists because they believe their job is to look and find the original meaning of the text, whether that's the Constitution or the statute. You can see how it's irrelevant mm -hmm. <laughs> what people think yeah. about it. Uh, and so that's what they're supposed to do. But there, you know, there's a theory. I mean, there, the, the argument going out there today, when you look at the six conservatives, is that it's pretty clear that Justice Thomas, Justice Alito, and Justice Gorsuch uh, don't seem to care uh, about what people think. They are going to go where they think it, it, the law goes. Whereas um, the argument is that the Chief Justice Roberts as well as uh, Kavanaugh to some extent, and they don't know about Barrett, they're thinking those three are up in the air as to whether um, they will be influenced. We just don't have enough on Kavanaugh and Barrett to know. And Roberts has definitely been moving in a way where he seems to be avoiding the more strong conservative opinions. So there are people arguing about, you know, watch those three in this abortion decision and you'll see probably what happens, but you'll probably almost for sure have three very strong, uh, 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 you know, conservatives. And then the question is, do they get two more? Because that's all they need. Uh, that'll be what everybody's watching for. Well, we've got we've got just a few minutes left here, Kelly and Mark. If you if you didn't have anything else, I just wanted to ask you about the Texas heartbeat law, uh, real quick. I saw a headline today that that law has already uh, prevented 2,700 abortions in the state of Texas. That's just mind boggling to me. What's the Supreme Court done with that law? And, uh, and uh, what do you see the future of it uh, real quick? Well, there's been a lot of misunderstanding about the law. Um, the Supreme Court has never dealt with the merits of the law. What they've said is that um, it went up on what's called an emergency motion those are very highly disfavored. Uh, the, the Supreme Court is used to having a case that's been developed below. Uh, if, if there is a trial necessary, there's been a trial, there's been an appeal. Uh, after the appeal, it makes it to the Supreme Court. If they take it, there is briefing by both sides, 60-page briefs, 50-page briefs. 
There's a 30 page response to the other brief. There's all these outside briefs coming in. So they, they get the ability to see and hear almost everything before they issue their opinion, which is what they like. And then there's an oral argument after all of that. Um, they don't like the idea that a case comes and skips over all that and comes in with some sort of emergency motion. So they're very highly disfavored. And all they did in the Texas case is they said, we're not taking this case. Um, and essentially, the reason was, really, there was nobody withstanding to bring the case yet. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the way it works generally is if, if you're not the one particularly harmed by somebody's mm -hmm. action, then you can't really bring a case. So all they've said is nobody's brought the right case yet. You know, the right person didn't bring it, and it's an emergency motion. So I think people read way too much into it. <clears throat> um, again, that was part of the clever attempt of the person who contributed <clears throat> um, the language to the bill. Instead of having the state enforce the bill, he's allowing uh, private individuals that can bring uh, civil actions. And so that's different. And so it's not just normal, like you would enjoin the state if you wanted to stop this. And so it's it's created a difficulty for them to find the right person to uh, shut things down. And uh, it's definitely slowed down the process uh, for the pro-abortion side. Well, great. Wow. Kelly, this, this has been so informative. We're just about out of time, but I want to point our listeners to your website, firstliberty.org. You have some amazing videos. The one that impacted me was the stewardess with Alaska Airlines, just a little three, four minute video. Unbelievable. And then also supremecoup.com. People can go to that and get signed on. And uh, Richard, uh, well, we weren't all together tonight, but it's been a great night. And uh, Kelly, thank you for what you're doing. And thank you for sharing with us tonight. Thanks for having me on. It's been a blessing. Richard, do you have any closing comments or anything we need to remember before we sign? Well, off? yeah, absolutely. I, I just want to share with everybody, be sure to check out um, Supreme Coup. As Mark said, I want to thank the CTN Network for carrying this and uh, Andrew Womack. And be sure to check out the resources page. Go to our archives and share this video with your friends. God bless you guys, and we'll see you all next week. Join us next time for the Truth and Liberty broadcast. Find tonight's episode and related articles and links at truthandliberty.net. Truth and Liberty is viewer supported. If you'd like to help us continue our live casts, you can make a donation at truthandliberty.net.